And uh, I just want to give you something very quickly tonight in uh, Mark chapter 4. And uh, something for you to take with you as we go into the, uh, our mission field this week. Gospel of Mark chapter 4. We're going to begin tonight at verse number 1. Thank all of you for praying uh, for uh, these various things tonight. Thank you all for doing that. I'd mentioned... Um, Miss Angie, was you at the Welcome Center today? She was not. I had mentioned the uh, Israel trip, if anybody was interested. And uh, I noticed this afternoon that all the, I thought the brochures were at the Welcome Center, but I couldn't find any, so I'm assuming they're all gone. Um, if you need some information about that, please get with me as soon as possible, okay? Mark chapter 4, uh, uh, let's read, um, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. And I'll read down the scriptures. And it's just a thought tonight that I want to give you and something to consider. Uh, it's something that was presented uh, to me and uh, just spoke to my heart. And uh, I maybe I'll do the same for you tonight. <clears throat> Let's pray together and then we'll get into it. Father, again, as we just open up your word <clears throat> now, I pray that you'll give us something that is helpful and beneficial to us spiritually. Let us draw closer and let us grow in our faith. In the, in, the, in, the, in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. And, it, and he began, he being Jesus, began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered to him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables. And said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. So here in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has changed up the way that he's speaking publicly. And he begins to speak with these parables, which are um, just heavenly, uh, just uh, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning, as it's been described before. And here is the parable of the sower. And so I want to read, we're going to read down to about verse number 20, and then I'm going to come back and comment, okay? He says, hearken, verse 3, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? Verse 14, he begins to describe in detail what he was meaning. He says in verse 14, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. 
But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. I want you to look down at verse number 33. It says, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. I'm not going to go into detail tonight about the different grounds. Obviously, when he's speaking here, he's talking about the sow, the seed is, of course, the word of God. And uh, the, the soil that the seed is being sown, you can picture this. You can picture uh, a farmer, if you would. Someone maybe has a bag over their shoulder and it has seed. And they just begin to scatter as the seed as much as everywhere that they can. And just wanting to see it grow and to bear fruit and to do something with it. And of course it mentions there that there's different types of soil. There's different things on which the seed falls on. And there's, there's that that falls by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And over in verse, verse number 15, he speaks of, uh, of how Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. There's always something ready to pounce and take away what God's trying to do in our life. All right? And then, and then he mentions in verse 16 and 17, some seed that falls on stony ground, and it had not much earth, and it sprang up, but because it had no depth of earth due to the stony ground, when the sun came down, it was scorched, and it had no root, and it ended up withering away. If you get over to verse 16 and 17, it, it talks about it, it's, it's those who have heard the word. They immediately receive it with gladness. They love it. They're excited. But they really develop no root in themselves in verse 17. And so they last for a time. They endure for a time. But when affliction or persecution ariseth, as long as everything is okay, they are fine. But when the storms and trials and, and the weather begins to beat on you and affliction and persecution comes, that's as a result of the word's sake, immediately they're offended and that seed no longer bears fruit. Then you get to verse 7, he talks about those, the, the seed that falls among thorns. And the thorns grew up and, and choked it, and it, as a result it yielded no fruit. And he describes it in verse 18 and 19. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it become unfruitful. Here's the point tonight. There is a lot of things that are fighting against every one of us to become fruitful. A lot of things. 
but occasionally the seed falls upon good ground. And I really pray that when God's wanting to pour His Word in my heart, it is, it is coming on good ground. We should all be praying for that. We all have cares, don't we? We all have cares. We all have responsibilities. There's many things that can distract us and take it away. It chokes the word that it becomes unfruitful. Lots of us are busy, and if we're not careful, we never, we never get rooted. And the storms come and we blow away. The ones that, the ones that are, are going to do something with what God has given... Their heart is prepared to receive it. Can I get amen? They're ready to receive it. And so my conscience, my heart was just pricked this week because I was just thinking, God, give me a good heart. Give me a heart that's ready to receive the word. Now here's, here's the thought. If my heart is good, Ricky that seed is going to be able to bear fruit in my life. So everyone who is ready to receive it and they become rooted and they begin to grow, it may take a little bit of time, but eventually you start seeing more and more fruit out of our life. If we are not bearing fruit, it's a good sign. It's a good sign the seed's not really taken. There's something wrong in here. If we're not bearing fruit, it's a good sign there's something wrong in here. So we need to be conscious of that. I, uh, I made Christy, well, actually, Miss Sarah Snyder ran to the Dollar General for me tonight. And uh, I was looking for some apples around here and couldn't find any, so she went and bought some for me. And uh, this is just a tiny little apple, right? It's nothing big, uh, but it makes, it makes for a good snack. And it tastes, it tastes pretty good. I've done eight one of them. So it's pretty good. How many pieces of fruit is this? It's just one. But do you know that within this one apple is an orchard? It's an orchard ready to produce. Because I asked Christy to do it for me so I wouldn't hurt myself. I asked her to... I said, cut, up, cut open that apple. And I said, gather the seeds for me. I said, I want to see how many seeds are in that little tiny apple right there. And I have on this plate one, two, three, four, five, six, seven apple seeds. Uh, one apple will give me a good snack, but seven apple trees? I want to get a sour stomach if I'm not careful, right? It's an orchard. I mean, we could bear fruit, we could bear a lot of fruit out of one apple that produces seven trees that will grow many more apples that will produce many more trees that produces more and more fruit. Does everybody follow me tonight? God can take just one apple by nature and God can do something remarkable with it. 
And God wants to do something remarkable with Adam Scripture and Jeremy Parker and Dee Dee Hendricks and Lonnie Williams. God wants to do something remarkable with your life, right? And if we, if we receive it and we allow God to do something with it, God can produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Nobody wants to die and leave this world and not leave something of value behind. Amen? And it's more important that we take something with us, isn't it? And I'm talking about spiritual fruit in that regard. I asked you to go down to verse 33 for this reason, and I'll close with this. Because Jesus spoke the word unto them, and they heard it as they were able to hear it. Everybody hears it differently. Because again, our hearts are in different places. He spoke the same word to everyone. They received it as they were able to hear it. But verse 34 is very important to me because it says in the middle of the verse that when they were alone, speaking of Jesus' disciples, he expounded all things unto his disciples. When all the noise and everything else went away and it just quiet and it was just them and Jesus, Jesus taught them things that everybody else never was able to get. And so our alone time with God, our alone time with his word where he begins to expound himself and teaches things through his spirit, we receive more enlightenment, we receive more growth by that time that we have than just those who hear the big message and only get what they're able to get. It's the personal time with God that we really grow. Amen? So, there's other applications to this. I will stop right there. God, give us a good heart. God, give us good ground. Give us something that the seed of the Word of God can flourish and so that all of us are fruit producers and we reap a great harvest. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's have our pianists and our ushers come forward tonight as we get ready.